welcome, Alyssa, or publicity. Thank you. As you are yes. also known. Thank you so much for joining. Um, first, I want to talk about this amazing concept you have called Hate It But Love It. Hubbly, or how do you say it? <laughs> yes. Okay, my Hibbly theory. Hibbly. Okay, Hibbly. <laughs> It is the hate it but love it theory. My friends and I came up with it in college. So we had a list hanging in our dorm of things that we hated but loved. Or we had a list of like theories. And like all of our theories would be like just this long list of things. And one of the theories was the hate it but love it theory. And the hate it but love it theory is like when you hate something so much that you end up kind of loving it. Um, and it started because my friend, Christina, this is when like almond butter was first on the scene. Like, remember when we all went from eating Skippy to then all of a sudden like eating like raw peanut butter and almond butter. uh Yes. So it was when almond butter, like just like first came on the scene. And my friend Christina was like, I don't like this, but every day I would catch her with a spoon in the almond butter jar, like literally every day. But she's like, no, I don't really like it. I don't really like it. I'm like, Chris, just admit that you like it. So like the hate of it, love love it theory was born. And um, it's one thing that I've brought to my audience and we joke about because there's so many things that I love but hate. Yeah, like the more I think about (laughs) it, kind of everything is a Hibley. (laughs) Oh, everything's a Hibley. Like the shoes that I'm wearing today are a Hibley. They look like hospital slash prison shoes. But they're also kind of like Yeezy vibes and they're comfortable. (laughs) It's like when something's so trendy that it's pretty ugly, but it's cute. Like the Balenciaga sneakers. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. Well, I was thinking, but before you even said the almond butter thing, I was thinking like health food trends because it's like Erewhon in LA. I don't know if you know Erewhon, but it's it's like that is the like epitome of Hibley because it's like am I really gonna do I really want to have like a raw banana cream fucking pie no but like I hate it so much that like obviously I'm gonna spend $20 on this like like keto brownie (laughs) like a (laughs) god no that's the exact exactly so I feel like it there's so many things that are Hibley vibes so that's something that I brought to my audience and like just kind of trying to let them in on like the inside jokes that I have with my friends that I could like tell everyone about. Yeah, totally. So you've also like super blown up on TikTok. Can you talk about like what are the differences between making content on Instagram versus TikTok? And like, what do you like about it? Because I fucking love TikTok. So <laughs> I like TikTok so much more. Um, okay, so I was like an influencer on Instagram for like five ish years. And it was fine, but it's, like, so curated. So, like, I always tried to make my personality show, but there's only so much personality you could show in a photo. So showing your personality in a video is so much better. And um, I really kind of started doing TikTok first as, like, a business opportunity. I started being like, okay, I got to get on this because if I'm one of the early adapters, then I could grow and I can get brands and blah, blah, blah. But then I like wasn't really that committed because it was all young kids and it was just dancing at that point. And I was like, what am I doing with this? Like, I can't dance. So I actually had the initial idea to, I've always wanted to be an on-air host, which I kind of am now with my podcast, yeah. but I want to do like, e-news. Like, that's my dream. So what I started doing was using TikTok as a platform to share celebrity news. 
And to my understanding, there was no one else at the time doing this on the platform. Um, I was the only person because I would check hashtags and this is like a year and a half ago. And I would just do celebrity news, one minute celeb tea, but it wasn't taking off because it was a dancing app. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't taking off. And then I kind of just started getting like a little discouraged and like, I should have never been discouraged because had I kept that up, I maybe would have been one of the bigger pop culture people on the app at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. But I did kind of stop. And we also didn't know quarantine was going to happen. And then people were blowing up in, in COVID. But um, I started kind of just posting different things. And like one of my videos that I posted that actually like resonated the most with women was just a video of like six, seven seconds of me just saying like I was in a really cool outfit. <laughs> And I was like, you don't need to be like a size zero to dress however you want. Like follow me for like curvy fashion inspo. Mm -hmm. And it blew up like 3 million, like three and a half million views. I got like 250,000 followers. And um, before that I had about 200,000 followers, but now I have about like a little over half a million. So just kind of doing whatever. I just throw stuff out there, see what sticks. And just try to be myself. I think it's so interesting that you talked about that discouragement with social media. um, Because I know, like, even people who, you know, aren't trying to be influencers go through this where, like, they'll try something out on their story or they'll, you know, take a risk. And it feels kind of shitty, like, if you don't get positive feedback. How do you, like, fight through, especially on TikTok? Like, how do you fight through that? Like, that feeling of no one cares, no one's watching, that kind of vibe. I have like a weird. I get like a dopamine hit when TikTok and like looking at it all day, like, oh my God, like, it's blowing up. People are loving this. And then I notice days that my videos don't do that well. I'll be like, oh, my content's not working. Like, right. Nothing's sticking. You definitely. You definitely, I notice it most with TikTok. I never felt this way with Instagram because Instagram consistently sucked. Like they don't, the algorithm sucks. Like no one sees your content. You feel like you're spinning your wheels. With TikTok, it's more of a roller coaster because you could, anything could go viral. And then you're like, yeah, like I'm a viral content creator. And then the next video could have, like, I have one video that I just posted has 50,000 views. The other one has 600. Like, it makes no sense. Like, the second I kind of post outside of my niche, then I notice, um, like, things aren't as, things don't go as well. So it it all really just kind of depends. Right. Everyone's like, fucking focus on your niche niche or die I'm like okay I get it like it's really like there are all these kind of like tricks to get like to get the algorithm to love you and I I can totally I can totally understand that like I feel like Instagram is more consistent but shittier and then like TikTok is like so many emotional highs and lows of like going viral having no views etc that's exactly it now I'm at the point where I'm trying to kind of just like switch up my content and post whatever I want, whenever I want, like Mm. just be like, like I've been posting stuff all week about like eating gluten free and like meals that I'm cooking. And those videos like consistently do way worse than any of my other videos. 
But my response from my followers is that they're really enjoying seeing it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep posting it. And eventually the algorithm's going to like it. So <laughs> I'm just going to be me, be myself. I'll sprinkle it in with my regular content that I do. Yeah. But my followers are saying they like it. So there's a fine line between like doing what you want because you have a good gut feeling about something or doing what you want because you think you like have to do it. Totally. I I think that's such good like kind of life advice like do what you want be consistent and the world will catch up the algorithm will catch up you know so I think that's that's no 100 (laughs) percent I think the people that are most successful on social media are are themselves totally on that note do you know the tiktokers suede and victoria I don't think so Okay, well, this is just an interesting thing. Like, I heard about them on some, like, tech blog, which is embarrassing. But (laughs) basically, like, um, Victoria, I forget her TikTok username, but she kind of does, like, she will literally post 45 videos in one day. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know her. She, yeah. And I know Sweet, too. I know exactly who now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're from New York. Um, They post 35 times a day. They're all over my For You page. Yeah, same. Like, all over and she's much younger than me so like it's not my demographic okay but um i'm definitely actually trying to adopt a similar approach i'm never gonna post 35 (laughs) times a day but i'm gonna post i'm trying to post like five to six times a day consistently versus post i used to try to do like one or two funny videos a day and now i'm just trying to do break them up into like shorter videos. Um, again, you just, I'm like a very, I'm a marketer. Like I, you know, PR, marketing, communications. So I throw ideas at the fan and I see, or like at a wall and I see what sticks. Like that's just kind of how I am. So I approach social media and everything that I do from like a strategy standpoint. I love that. And I can tell just by how you're talking about it. Like it's it's just as much an art as it is a science to you. And I think that's so cool. <laughs> um, I know. It's like, oh my gosh, sometimes it's a little too much, but I'm just, I'm too in the industry. Like yeah, I, I know it. too much. Yeah. But in a way, does that help it feel less personal? You know what I mean? In a way where it's like, oh, like this video is doing well because X and Y and less like this video is doing well because of me and my mm-hmm. abilities, you know? I've always felt that that way about Instagram. Like Instagram to me is like looking at my emails on weekends. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I always give that analogy to people. Like my friends on the weekends will be scrolling on Instagram. Like, did you see this? Did you see that? And in my head, I'm like, no, because who wants to look at their emails on a weekend? Like that's how it's like work to me. Like when it was my full-time job, it was my job and like I feel actually I mean I'm addicted to my phone but I'm very detached from what other people are doing and that comparison game that a lot of people feel I'm more attached what I'm looking at I'm on Instagram but I'm looking at my Instagram story views how many people shared my stuff I'm looking at the analytics like I'm like a mathematician when it comes to my Instagram, like looking at the demographics and like, okay, this kind of content got 2000 swipe ups. So what else could I do to mimic that? Like I'm constantly analyzing the data 
So I'm on my Instagram all day looking at my own stuff. That sounds like super narcissistic, but because it's my business. Yes, it's your it's your business. And I think, honestly, that's a really cool way for even just young women who are like struggling with Instagram to think about it that, you know, the people they're comparing themselves to or whatever, like this is their livelihood. This is their business. And it's a very like strategic game is what you're explaining. And I think that is such a helpful perspective. You know, people study this like it's a like a fucking PhD, you know, so 100%. And like, I don't even scroll on my feed. I look at maybe the first five pictures. And then I look at the first like 10 people's stories that come up. Like I mainly look at stories and then I only will like scroll like once or twice. Like I'm not even looking on feed. And I've actually noticed at this point that like my stories are performing in terms of like stats just as well as like my impressions are on my photos, which just goes to show like more people are on stories. Yeah. Fascinating. It's crazy. Yeah. So switching. I'm telling you, I analyze this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm like, I'm like, maybe we should like start a think tank around social media, but um, (laughs) and university. But um, I'm curious about you know you've you've mentioned that your body positivity content really resonates with your audience, and obviously like find me a woman that doesn't think about their body in terms of social media and, and how it how everything you know the whole it of it um and can you talk about you know your relationship to your body to food to exercise to like health inspo etc and how you kind of what your outlook is on on it all yeah so it's a work in progress I was always I would say I'm like happiest like probably like 30 pounds less than like where I am now like that's where I always kind of was, I like put on weight due to like, didn't know I had a gluten allergy, um, was having tons of inflammation, was like really not feeling well for a year. Then that kind of put me in a bad mental spot that when you're in a bad mental spot, like you get anxiety. So what do you do to comfort yourself? You eat. So like my whole like weight journey has been something that like I've really only started talking about fairly new because for so many years, like I didn't want to draw attention to the fact that I put on weight. Mm. I was like, if I don't talk about it, no one will know. Right. But then you're like face tuning your photos and like scared to leave your house. So like now there's like something kind of powerful about being like, this is who I am. But to say I'm like happy necessarily with my weight currently, no. But what I'm currently trying to do is like, and this is what I've been talking about a lot on, um, on TikTok is like finding food freedom. So basically like what that is, is like what happens is I could go on a diet. Like I'm like a diet girl. Like I can go on a diet. I could lose 20 pounds, but then guess what? The second I'm off the diet, I'm gaining the weight back and it's really unhealthy. And that's why I think my metabolism slow because I've done this to my body so many times. Uh-huh. So what I'm trying to do now is just like find peace with food and be like, okay, I'm not going to restrict myself uh-huh. because when you restrict yourself and you don't allow yourself to eat certain things, then when you do eat them, you overindulge. Yeah. Um, so it's this like nasty cycle. And like, I don't know one person that doesn't restrict themselves. Like even my, the skinniest of people I know are like, oh, no, I can't eat that piece of cake. I, or they have foods that are on, like, the no list. Right. Like, you know, like, oh, we don't eat that. Right. We don't eat cake. We don't eat sugar. I don't eat bread. I don't eat pasta. I don't. And, like, 
I think what I'm trying to do is come to like a place of peace where it's like, do you want to have something like, sure, have it, but you don't need to eat it until you're so full that you're like going to explode. Like you just have to have like a healthy relationship with it where you can eat a little, feel satisfied and then keep it moving. Um, so it's a process. So I'm not perfect working on it every day. Um, but more so trying to get like my like confidence and my, mental health in a strong place and then I think the weight piece and everything kind of falls into place I think it's so cool that you're highlighting the mental piece of weight and body relationship because I mean it sounds so obvious now that I'm saying it like how big of a role our mental health plays with our physical self but I think like yeah people forget that it like you know like you're saying restriction or binging or whatever it is like that's a mental uh challenge that people are carrying around with them all the time so like highlighting that yeah if I get my mental health in a better place maybe my body image things like might actually fall into place more easily I think that's really helpful to think about well because I think we're taught and like what I'm trying to unteach myself is Mm -hmm. like women count calories or we count like we're doing all these things where you look at food as like a number or like you look at it as a good or bad food instead of just being like, no, this is like food. Yeah. Like, right. Like you look like we all do it. Every single one of us, we look at something and we're like, Oh, that pizza that's in the bad category. Oh, that kale salad. That's in the good category. And we have these categories. And if you just had no categories and you had a healthy relationship with food, you would just look at it and be like, Oh, I'm going to have a bite of that pizza. And then I'm going to have some salad and I'm going to keep it moving. I'm not attached to it. But like, I don't really know many people. I think, I think some men, I think more men are unattached. Yeah. Like my sister's husband, I always say he's like the most unattached to food. Like we're Italian, like we grew up around food. He's like, um, yeah, I guess I'll eat lunch now. I'm like, what do you mean? I've been thinking about it since breakfast. (laughs) He's like, oh yeah, I am hungry. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, it's so like this is resonating with me so much because I had like a really bad eating disorder in college and ultimately like through my recovery, like I feel like I'm working towards that kind of thing where it's like there's no yeah. like I, I'm trying to let go of those judgments around like this food is the enemy and this food is my BFF. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like it's like, yo, it's not that deep. You know what I mean? It's like you're not going to exactly. gain you're not going to gain any weight if you have a bite of cake or a slice of cake, you know, and it's like it's more about the cumulative like impact of everything you're doing and and like hyper focusing on that one moment is so like that one moment of, oh, there's like, a, you know, a dessert on the table or there's whatever. It's like mm-hmm. that is is not only like like not effective, but also just like a shitty way to live, you know, like I don't want to spend my time and then you're about like- food. <laughs> Yeah, and then you're putting, like, stress on your body and stress on yourself. And, like, I do this thing. So I started going to, like, a therapist, like, a few months ago. And, like, she's been amazing. And that's why I could, like, even talk about all of this. And she's the one that – yeah, she's the one that told me. She was, like – I, like, would say to her, I had a good day today or I had a bad day today. And she's, like, why are you rating yourself? Like, why are you – like, if you did something bad, you had a – quote bad day she's like that doesn't like give yourself some like grace so like I've been more aware of the way I'm like talking to myself because I notice like I'll be sitting in bed at night being like oh I had a good day Mm. 
And like, yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> like, I, I think a lot of us do it, but. Yeah, I think so many of us do it. <laughs> and even you just saying that out loud, I think will be a huge aha moment for people. So like credit to you for saying that. But also like, it makes me think how much of the like diet industry or health industry is set up to prey on kind of like young, impressionable women who are like, oh, I just want to like have like this body. So I'm going to punish myself or reward myself or get into this fat or get into this cleanse or whatever. And then they're kind of just set up for unhappiness and and like also like weight struggles. You know, it's just like it's neither effective nor happy. And I I'm upset about that. So, no, it's yeah. like the whole thing is like a farce. It's a farce. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I know. And I it, it, try explaining it to uh, parents. Like, I feel like my parents they're like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, just don't eat if you want to lose weight." Like, they don't, you know, like boomers like don't get the mental health aspect of it at all. They're like, "I don't get it." I'm like, "Okay, you don't have to." Right. Right. They're like they're from the age of like '80s workout videos and like I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, what do you mean? <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing about that. Um, okay, next thing I want to talk about is TikTok drama because it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I honestly have barely scratched the surface. I like followed TikTok room and now let me tell you, like, I stay up at night, like, thinking about Nessa and like, is she good? Is she evil? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, actually, actually, yeah, literally, Hibley. Um, can we just dive into Nessa the Enigma? Because I don't, I don't know, Alyssa, how I feel about her. Like, what, how do you, what do you make of this? So, I like joke, I said it on my podcast this week. I'm like, Barstool is the epicenter for TikTok drama at the moment because Dave has a podcast with Josh called BFFs and then Brianna's on it. And like, we are like the epicenter of breaking TikTok news. And I was joking, I was like, I'm gonna throw. I was like, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and like give some opinions because I have many. Um, okay. I think this guy that works here, Kevin Clancy said it best. <laughs> they're 19 or 20 years old and they're multimillionaires. If they're not hooking up with each other, they're doing something wrong. Like think about like in high school, me and my friends all dated the same five guys. And like, it wasn't even drama or weird. It's just like, <laughs> what you do like you all date the same people okay fair, and, fair. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day it's like they're children right yeah yet i see them yet to me they're gods <laughs> because they're like they're superstars yeah. like they're so famous they're really cool like they dress amazing they have these amazing careers they're living a much more mature life than like their age but and, like, I'm so into it, but, like, at the same time, I'm kind of, like, I don't blame them. If I'm a 19-year-old girl and I'm touring with this hot guy and we're doing press together and we're flying across the country together, who's to say I wouldn't wind up liking him either? Yeah. Honestly, now that you put it like that, you've got you've got something there. I think that's a good theory. And also, I think it is it's, – it's taken so seriously, like, all these counts and people getting so upset – but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, they're just fucking around. Like, let them fuck around. Like, they're just kids. <laughs> like, they're kids. But I also think the people, like, obviously, we're obsessed with it. And I'm 30. But the, I think a lot of the kids on those gossip accounts uh-huh. are, like, 14. Uh... Like, they're like, like, they're like, he cheated. 
it's right. like, yeah, like, because to them, it's like infidelity. Like, they'll comment on, like, they'll comment on their pictures and be like, are you guys getting married soon? I'm like, you realize they're 19. Like, <laughs> um, wait, also, this is so random, but did you watch the Jake Paul fight? <laughs> yes. I well, I've seen I've seen it. I was didn't watch it live. I was at a wedding. So literally, I mean, my boyfriend's basically almost thirty. I'm twenty four, and we were like, you know, sitting in bed on a Friday. I mean, it was Saturday night, and we're like, yeah, let's let's pay sixty dollars to watch this fucking like. Let's get it. <laughs> like fight, <laughs> and so we like obviously like order like cheesecake and like sit in bed and watch this. Alyssa, when I tell you, it literally lasted five minutes, like the entire front and back. And I was like, they must make so much money from this. Like, and it was all, it was a farce. It was like all like a, you know, like he had the outfit and the thing. And I was like, so what league is this? Like what, like wrestling league or whatever. And my boyfriend was like, oh no, it's not like a league. Like they literally created this for publicity, like for like for shits. You know what I mean? I think he made $64 million or something. Like something, I don't know if that number's right, but like that's what I heard. Yeah, I feel victimized. And <laughs> I mean, this is the thing like, he's taking it super seriously, but I think people are just always going to be like, who he's fighting isn't good enough. Like, until he fights another real boxer, he's going to get flack. But I mean, it was a crazy fight. He laid the guy out. Yeah. No. I mean, but it was 30, but- it was 30 seconds long. <laughs> No, it was 30 seconds. I'm also very invested in all the drama, though. Like, I know it all. We spill the tea on tea with publicity, so I, I know it all. Okay, so can we get <laughs> into um, Bryce and Addison? I, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't checked in on on them, my 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 friends, Bryce and Addison, in a while. So I'm curious your your thoughts on like are like is Bryce actually in love with her? Um, yeah, like telling like I'm hearing conflicting reports. Um the story was Bryce and Addison were seen at that same fight getting cozy, flirting, <laughs> and then she was seen the next day or later that night with this guy Jack Harlow, who's I think a rapper, musician, getting cozy with him, <laughs> and then someone confirmed or someone was like I could confirm that her and Jack Harlow are dating. And then Bryce tweeted, like, F this, you're sleeping with me, but you're with him. And then this girl, Brianna, from my office, got on her podcast and was like, I know for a fact that Bryce cheated on Addison. So now Bryce is coming after her. (laughs) So, like, I don't really know what's true or not. I just know that they're both single, they basically said at this point. Right. I mean, and to be honest, in my view, Addison is a mega star. Like, I see Addison going places. Bryce, on the other hand, I think he needs to take a seat. And I think Addison needs to be with, like, Pete Davidson. I mean, that was just a totally random example. But, like, some real, like, we need some, like, celeb power for her, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, I totally agree. But I also think, I think there's a few TikTokers that will, like, endure last. Yeah. And I, I think I think Bryce will be one of them too, though, because mm, he's like got a lot of business ventures, like him, Josh Griffin, Addison, Dixie, Charlie, um, maybe like Little Huddy. Like they have like 
their thing, Jade and Nessa, like they have like their things going for them outside of TikTok. Totally. I fucking love Little Huddy. I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just love him. <laughs> I know. I think he's cute. I think he's really cute. He's so cute. And he's so like, like, you know, just himself. <laughs> um, it's his smile. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait. So. I know, like, I'm keeping you way longer than due to technical issues. Um, <laughs> no worries. Lastly, I'm curious what it's like to work at Barstool after you mentioned your kind of story. You know, you do these hilarious videos, like, interviewing the guys about girl things. Um, kind of, like, what has it been like? I mean, it's so different because I've only ever worked with women or gay guys in my whole <laughs> career. And then I worked for myself for three, like three years. So it's been nice to be able to come to an office during the pandemic and see other people. Like I'm really blessed for that. Um, and like, everyone's just like super down to earth and really nice. So it's been, it's been fun for me. It's like obviously different because I find like lacrosse sticks and like swords at my desk and like people are like getting high and like, I don't know, just being insane. But um, it's entertaining. Like, yeah, totally. and I've always gotten along. I was just gonna say I've always gotten along with like anyone and everyone. Yeah. So for me, it's like not hard to get along with people. Totally. I'm curious, like why you chose to pitch Barstool as opposed to, you know, you hear like, Dear Media or these other kind of like, like super girly brands. Like, I think it really like for me as a girly consumer of Barstool content, like I really like your podcast because I feel like represented in a way that Barstool hasn't represented me before. And I, I wonder like, was that part of your thinking? That was the whole part of it. Yeah. Well, okay. I would, like, I would, yeah. Yeah. I would listen to their podcasts. Um, and like, I love Color Daddy and I love Chicks in the Office. And like, I loved that Chicks in the Office did the pop culture thing. And I loved that Color Daddy did like the raunchy sex thing. But I'm like, let's be honest, like, I'm not like, Rhea and Fran are much younger than me. And then Alex is like much wilder than me in terms of like her sex capades. Like, I'm like, I'm just a normal girl, like getting ghosted and like dating and like dealing with mental health and dealing with like, friendships and this and that and I was like they need someone on their network that is just like more like norm like average I guess in in terms right. of like I feel like Alex is like aspirational right um so then I just had this this idea and that's what I said in my pitch to Dave I said you are missing a huge untapped market like I just called it out totally. and he was like yeah let's talk <laughs> <laughs> um so like, technically, this is, like, a dating, sex, and relationship podcast, but we end up just talking about mm -hmm. whatever. I'm curious what your advice to your younger self would be about sex and dating, especially in New York, or kind of especially um, in this digital age, if you will. <laughs> hmm. It's hard to say because I literally took, like, a year-long hiatus on dating because of, like, the pandemic and just everything. Like, I literally haven't dated in so long. But I think my younger self, like, maybe not isolate yourself as much and take a break. Like, I think I was very much so career, career, career. And I think it would maybe be more like balance. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Like I'm such a Capricorn. I'm like work, 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 work. And it's like, okay, like it took me up until this year to figure out that like work isn't my identity. It's just mm. like a part of who I am. Like I always was like, I'm a publicist. I'm an influencer. I'm this. And now it's like, no, I'm Alyssa. And that's my job. Interesting. So I think that's the biggest piece. Do you feel like, and we've talked about this on the pod before, but like, do you feel like you need someone who is equally as ambitious and driven as you and a partner? Or are you like, kind of like, that's just my thing? Mm, I want someone that's equally as ambitious in their own lane. Mm. (laughs) I think, I think, I don't know. Because like, who knows, maybe I'll date someone that's a, like, create, I've never gone out for, like, a with a creative guy. Uh-huh. Like, I usually go more for, like, the number crunchers because, like, I'm the creative mind and, like, opposites attract. But, like, I don't want to close the door on that either because maybe I meet, like, a producer and it's, like, the perfect match for me. Mm-hmm. But I think, ideally, I just want someone that's, like, um, driven in what they do and, like, supports what I do. Yeah, totally. And then last question, I'm curious what your icks are. So like, what are the big, mm-hmm. <laughs> the big no's? Um, it's like, I feel actual, like a lot of it's cheap. Sorry, yeah. It's like, oh, an, I know the icks. It's like an actual hate it, no love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I watch Love Island. I know the icks. <laughs> um, I think that like, as I got older, I started noticing that, And, like, I also think, again, just, like, the social climate that we're in, like, someone who's open to, like, growing and, like, being open-minded. Like, I think that's a really big thing for me now. Whereas, like, before I would have been, like, I don't care about politics, like, Mm -hmm. five years ago. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, and not even just, I'm not even just talking about politics, but just, like, in general, like, someone that's, like, open-minded. So, if we were having problems, would they go to couples therapy? Would they go seek therapy with themselves? Would they do inner work would they read a self-help book like would they try to learn about someone of a different culture like I think just someone that's like open is really big to me um so anyone that's closed-minded that's like a major ick um I also think another major ick is like someone that's like disrespectful to people or um not good to like wait staff or like even like friends in their life or people in their life like I just want someone that's like a kind, like decent human. (laughs) Have you seen the show Couples Therapy? (laughs) No, but everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. I I watched it. I got to say it's the best show ever. Um, But there's this one character, Mal, who's like, at first I was like, he's kind of a sociopath, but he's, he ends up not being a sociopath, but he's exactly what you're saying about the open-minded. Like, he's so close-minded. And I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. there's nothing more unattractive than someone who yep. is, like, that stubborn in their ways. You know? It's so unattractive. That's exactly it. Like, ew. ew. Like, I want someone that's going to be like, okay, like, maybe I don't get this now, but, like, I'll try it. Right. And doesn't feel threatened you know? by that. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's funny, like, as you get older, like, you start noticing things more. And, like, that's why I'm, like, happy that I, like, had so much time to be single and, like, have, like, self-discovery because now I kind of, like, know what I want and what I don't want. Yeah, the best, like, the best couple I've ever met in my life. They're, like, married 20 years. So sweet. I asked the mom 
the wife like what's your best relationship advice and she was like date everyone and figure out what you like and don't like and then you'll know and you'll get a good compatible partner i was like facts like mm-hmm. no one talks about that <laughs> Gotta keep no, a it's lot of so frogs. true yeah <laughs> Um, well, so true. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can our listeners find you? Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Um, my podcast is Tea with Publicity, and my Instagram, TikTok is Publicity. Again, it's um, Publicity, so P U B L Y S S I T Y. And my merch, everything's linked there. I also have like a Facebook group for my followers where we talk about like pop culture and female issues and stuff. So, Come join the tea tribe there. But other than that, everything's just linked in one place. You do have very cute merch. So get on that, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so again so much and have a great weekend. Bye. Thank Elisa. you.